0: I want to speak quite on Christmas because we're not there yet. But I want to preach a message that I really believe God's given me. And I've entitled it CPR Faith. Or CPR to your faith It hopefully will come up on the screen. CPR Faith. And I, I want to speak about a character who's in the Christmas story, but not really in the Christmas story. And to be honest, I've never heard anyone ever preach about this character or from this character at all. I'm not saying I haven't. Like it's not, I'm not saying it's not been done. I'm saying I've never heard it. Maybe you have. If you have, I would love for you to speak to me afterwards or to send me it, because I'd love to hear more about him. But I want to preach about a guy called Zechariah. And Zechariah in the Bible, he's basically John the Baptist's father. And we find his story, or part of his story, in Luke chapter one. To give a bit of context to the song we've just sang, but also to this. Basically, very brief history and the history of the world god created adam and eve they sinned sin genesis chapter one he created them genesis chapter two goes on Genesis chapter three they sinned all of a sudden humans were separated from god so love joy peace they walked with god i mean i don't even understand how that works like they just lived life like we do but with god like in the very presence like i don't know how that worked it's too much for my brain to understand then it all went wrong but God had a plan for that, and he promised a guy called Abraham that from his descendants would one that would save all of humanity from their sin. So then it began this story of waiting for this Messiah, waiting for a saviour. And there was loads of characters that they probably thought were well, this Messiah. You had King David, you had Joshua, you had Moses, and Esther. There was loads of people who could have been the saviour of the people, but they weren't the Messiah. The prophets like Isaiah, they all talked about him but there was nothing. You then get to the end of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, and then for 400 years, between the end of the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament, it seems like nothing happens. I'm sure stuff did, but there's nothing recorded. There's no progress in this story that we can see. And then as far as I'm concerned, when I read my Bible, Zechariah first person to get the message that the saviour is coming soon that's pretty like to me that's quite a significant moment so we find Zechariah and I'm going to read Luke chapter 1 verses 5 to 25 and then we're going to jump forward a few verses but that's to give some context that Zechariah has been waiting he'll have known stories about a saviour but for 400 years of nothing then all of a sudden he's going about his life is what he would do is his routine and then this happens to him. It says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. To give context, Aaron was the first ever high priest that God ever ordained in the entire Bible. So basically what he's saying is, in Christian or religious circles, they come from a bloodline that's quite important. But then it says this, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were righteous in God's eyes, careful to be all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by a lot into the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, "Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. You must." touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. That's a polite way of saying she's old too. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary and wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gesture, and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I'm going to stop there and I'm just going to jump forward. Just a few verses and it says this and I'm going to pick it up in verse 57. It's a long reading. I do appreciate that it says, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What they explained, there is no one in all of your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask baby's father what he wanted to name him he motioned for a writing tablet and to everyone's surprise he wrote his name is John instantly Zechariah could speak again and he began praising God it then goes on a few verses later it says Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy praise the Lord the God of Israel because he's visited and redeemed his people he's sent as a mighty saviour from the royal line of his servant David just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. And I'll leave it there. What an interesting character. I mean, what an incredible moment. I mean, there's one bit that makes me laugh a lot, which is when Gabriel just shows up who's an angel, he's one of the archangels, and he's just like, I stand in the very presence. I mean, that's a pretty like, in terms of why should I listen to you? If someone, if anyone, if an angel ever appears to you and says to you, I stand in the very presence of God and it's him who said it, then it's probably best to not argue with them. But I've just got three things about CPR faith because I really have a sense in my spirit here that there's people who, basically CPR, if you didn't know, is basically when your heart stops to do some techniques to basically get it to start beating again, and I really believe that God's put a sense in my spirit to, to really speak and challenge all of us that some of us have, we, we need CPR done to our faith, that God has got a plan for our life, God things for us to do and tasks or he's got dreams and visions in front of us but they require some faith and for some of us the faith that we maybe once had or maybe faith that we've never had just we need God to do some CPR on it and well and I've got some theology behind me to I believe because if we read this properly Zechariah is faithful but he's not faith felt. you see he shows up every week he serves. I would even go as far as to say Zechariah is the leader of his local church or his local synagogue. He is a leader who shows up, he serves, he's obedient, he follows what God says. Yet when it came time for God to do something in him that was new, his response was, well, I need to know that that's going to, how's that going to be possible? You see, his conviction became his confession. He could have said all the right things and taught from it, but when the chips were down, when, when it really got to the moment where God says, this is going to require a bit of faith, he really didn't believe it. He made an excuse of, well, I'm too old, so I'm going to need some proof first. I need some proof of life before I'm actually going to move in faith. And I wonder. Many of us have made excuses when God said to us, "I want you to do this," but we've made an excuse. Maybe it was I'm too old. Maybe it's I'm too young. Maybe it's I'm not smart enough. Maybe it's I'm too smart. Maybe I don't know what it is. But I firmly believe that God has got a plan for your life. I also believe that you could be in church and you could be serving faithfully. You could even be a leader in church, You've been faithful for years and years and years. But actually, if you're still here, God has got a plan for your life. There's still more for you to do. As long as I'm breathing, we sing, "I've got a reason to praise." But I- as long as I'm breathing then God's got a purpose for me because if I, if I didn't have a purpose for if he didn't have a purpose for me then he would just take me home and so my challenge this morning is that what is your conviction? what do you really really believe? because we can say about how I have faith that cancer is going to yield and that's all great until you get cancer what's my conviction then? I can believe it when I can sing that there's pain in the offering until actually I lose everything that I have. Do I still believe in God then? Do I still have the faith to believe that God's promises to me are true? The Bible talks in Ephesians, I quote it often, that God prepared good works in advance that you might walk in them. So actually God's already done his bit in terms of preparing the way. It takes a bit of conviction. You see, your opinion can change. Your thoughts and things can change, but convictions, they're deep rooted That's what you really, really, really believe. Convictions are, it was convictions that, actually, it was a conviction that meant that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to a statue. I mean, their conviction was that, actually, there's one true God that we're going to worship. So you can throw us in a fiery furnace. You can throw us in it, but we're still going to worship the one true God. And if we burn, then we burn, but if we don't burn, then get what? We're still going to worship God. They were the only three, the only three, and there was loads of of God's people in that land, but they were the only three who had the conviction that says, you know what, even if he doesn't, we believe he can save us, but even if he doesn't, and their confession was there's only one true God. How did the story end? Well, their faith meant that an entire nation then turned back to God. Why? Because they had a conviction that was the confession of my challenge to you, is when God tries to stretch you tries to tell you to do something. When your faith is really, really tested, what is your conviction? Because it's easy to say it when life's good, but actually when, when it's not so good, what is your confession? Because your conviction becomes your confession. The next thing I note in this, that his prayer became his promise. You see, he had prayed for a child. And then the, the, the Lord appeared to him, or the angel appeared from God and says, actually, this prayer that you've had for a child, well, I'm now saying that this prayer will become a promise. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that just because you pray for it, that means it's a promise. That is not what I'm saying at all. But I firmly believe that God has placed things in, he's placed desires in you, godly desires and things that are from him. And I don't know who what they are, but I also believe he's made some promises in his Bible, that we need to pray into them. You see, we need to pray until we see it become the promise. And it's a journey of, faith isn't just a moment, but it's a journey all of the time. Because there's still a journey between this moment he's prayed. I don't know how long he prayed for. I don't know how long him and Elizabeth prayed for a child. I don't know how many years they spent praying, but I would imagine it's quite a lot. If they're old, then I'd imagine it's probably been years, if not decades that they prayed and 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 prayed. That takes some amount of continuing to pray. That takes, I mean, I can't think of how many times when I've really, really prayed and 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 prayed. I mean, I'm only 31 years old, so I've not had that much time in comparison to like Abraham, not Abraham, Zechariah. But I think it takes. Faith to continue to pray even when it feels like when everything in our natural world (laughs) tells me that this is getting harder. (laughs) Like as you get older and older and older, it's harder to pray and believe for a child in this context. You know, as and there's things in life where actually it seems like I'm getting further and further and further away from what God's promise is. And my encouragement, I really think the challenge for us as believers of Jesus is that we just need to keep the faith. That you actually just need to keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on surrounding yourself. I don't think it's insignificant that the angel says, see, because of your doubt, I'm now going to keep you quiet. Why? Because clearly, faith is quite a fragile thing sometimes. And actually, it doesn't take an awful lot for faith to end up being diluted and tampered down and to be put down. And actually sometimes, and please don't hear what I'm saying, I wasn't going to say this, it just came to me. Sometimes we might need to just be quiet. (laughs) Like, And actually in this case, God silenced Zechariah, but sometimes you're better off just not saying anything than speaking lack of faith. There's an Old Testament passage, it's pretty famous if you know the Bible, but if you don't, we're God's people. They're about to go into the, God has promised them this decades, centuries Beforehand, They're now in the point where God... I mean, the Egyptian army at the time was the greatest thing. They were like the modern-day American superpower. They were the... Nobody messes with the Egyptians. Yet, he had just witnessed God wipe out the entire Egyptian army who'd kept them in captivity like that. I mean, if I that, I'm then thinking, well, my God can do anything. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to pick fights just so that my God can show off. But they come to this point where... And they literally step into the promised land. They're literally there. They can see it. They can taste it. They can. But the faith of two was drowned out by the lack of faith by the ten. So then they get a second chance at it 40 years later. And I think it's significant that God tells them for six days to walk around the walls of Jericho. And for six days he says, don't say anything. Why? Because I think God was trying to teach them. That actually, faith is not just when God provides the miracle or when God provides the healing or when God steps in. Faith means that, see, when I walk around for six days and nothing happens and I'm looking a bit silly and it might be a bit dumb. Well, guess what faith does? Faith just keeps walking. Faith keeps remaining in obedience to what God said. And I think Zechariah goes from being this doubter, this how could this possibly be, and God says, well, I'm going to have to keep you quiet for a season. I'm going to have to work, and actually God's attracted to our faith. I think that a lot of the times, the reason we don't see God moving, and I'm saying this to me too, is that I don't step out in faith. That I'm not saying being stupid, but I think sometimes we can step out in faith, and God can show up when we do it with the right heart. When the heart is for his glory, I think that we can see him move. I think that God can do things do anything he wants anytime he likes. Let's just get that right. But I think there are times where God can do things that he wasn't necessarily intending to do but he's attracted to our faith. I believe that half the miracles that Jesus performed, God wasn't intended. Like the woman, there was a woman who was caught with the issues of blood. Jesus was just passing Jesus, There's nothing in the story that suggests Jesus intended to heal her. Read my story when I read it in the Gospels, she had the faith to just reach out to his garment and touch. Her. In fact, how do I know? because Jesus stops and says, "Who touched me?" Now he knows the answer, but why her faith made her look a bit silly, and it might have been like, What are you even doing? but when she was just so desperate for God to and I believe that God promises for your life, I believe that he 's got things He wants to reveal to us, and he 'll reveal it in her prayer, times of prayer. Faith gets built up when we pray. Why? Because we're praying to the God who moves. It's why we love to tell stories of what was done, because it's like an injection of faith. But guess what? God is attracted to prayer. When we pray, God moves. But when we pray, God reveals things to us, and he makes promises to us. And he never breaks his promises. So my challenge to us this morning is that, we, are we willing to just keep on praying? When it might seem silly, it's a journey towards the promise the final thing I know for CPR faith, because I firmly really do believe that God wants to resurrect some faith. He wants to bring some faith back to life within us, is that his revelation became his reality. You see, God showed him the angel Gabriel. I still find it crazy. I mean, imagine being an angel. Every time you show up, you have to say, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be scared. I mean, that tells me the angels are not a nice wee thing we put in a tree. That means that if an angel shows I'm going to be terrified. <laughs> like, I am going to be scared. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we're, like, there's not a time in the Bible where an angel shows up freaking out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like kind of like announcing. It's only me. <laughs> just, it's just me, Gabriel, again. Like Clarence and his wings from <laughs> But Gabriel shows up. And, like, Zechariah's reality is I'm old. There's no future. There's no potential for life here. Elizabeth's old. Like, I don't have the faith really to believe this is possible, but God had a plan for Zechariah's life. Zechariah's story wasn't over because he was old, and he reveals not only are you gonna give, like have a son, your son's gonna be the cousin of Jesus, and your son is gonna prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus went on, Bill shared it in our devotional for those who serve on teams, we meet early. Just to pray together and to go through. He talked about how Jesus himself, talking about Zechariah's son, John, says that there's no greater man born of a woman than John the Baptist. So no matter how brilliant you think you are, and I'm sure you are, you're no as good as John the Baptist. (laughs) How do I know? Because Jesus said it. But he's revealed, this is shown to him. You see, God will reveal things to you that are not your current reality. You know, we're, we're, we're planting a church in Cumberland. That's the plan. The reality is, we do not have a church in Cumberland. But guess what? In our spirits, we can see it. God has revealed to us that there will be a church in Cumberland. And we don't know all the answers, but guess what? There's going to be something happens in Cumberland. Why? It takes faith for us to really move and step into that. We've never done it before. But God's revealed it, and we're believing that that will become a reality. And I believe that God has got a plan for your life. For some of you, it would blow your mind. For most of us, if not all of us, it would blow our mind. And I believe that God has revealed things to you, maybe in the past, or I believe he can reveal things to you, that will not just be a revelation and a nice thought, but they will become a reality in his perfect timing. And the only thing that I think that can stop it is our lack of faith. One of the saddest parts in the entire Bible is Jesus in his hometown where he shows up and he can't... I mean, like, you think we've got to add... They had had the actual Jesus in person flesh before them. And it says that he could perform no miracles. Nothing. Even Jesus could do nothing. Why? Because they had no faith. They looked at Jesus as just like anybody else. But Jesus is the all-powerful, all-knowing, fullness of God in man appearing, ascended to glory. And the Bible talks about how he now intercedes on our behalf. I mean, that's mental. But I believe that he's got a revelation. But I believe that the faith, God needs to ignite some faith in us. He needs to resurrect some faith, some dreams that we might have once had, maybe given up on. That we've maybe made excuses for. I don't know what your excuses are. I know fine well what mine are. But I firmly believe that God just wanted me to encourage us this morning. Really, just as we move into a new season, as we there's something changing in our world. That this is the time now. God, as I've said numerous times, and I'll never get tired of repeating. If God looks at, I done a brief. What's it? A brief history of time was the book by. Um, I can't remember his name now but the really clever guy, Stephen Hawkins that's it. he wrote a book, A Brief History of Time but God has got the whole map of time he was there at the beginning and he's there at the end and he puts everything in place in his perfect time He's like it's like we play chess he plays like heavenly chess moves all the pieces around but God looked at it and he thought this is your time now he placed you in this moment in history in this place for his purpose I mean, I don't know why but he did and I believe that he's got a plan for your life. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how smart you are, how not so smart you are, I don't care how gifted you are. You might be one talent, two talent, five talent, five million talent person. But God has got a plan for your life. And I firmly believe that it requires faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I don't know about you, but I want to please God. I mean, what a tag I know what I mean, John the Baptist he prepared the the Lord. I mean, what, what an amazing, I'm sorry that you didn't, you, you got me as a son and not John the Baptist, but I'm like, I want in my lifetime to be someone who prepares the way of the Lord. I want to be a vessel for God to say, Do you know what, God? I might only have a little bit of faith and sometimes I might have a lot of faith, God, but whatever I've got, this measure of faith that you've given me, God, help me to push your. help me to play my part and to walk into what you have with faith. Let my confession come from a conviction that says, you know what, God, you are the healer. You are the you are the joy. You are the provider. You are the one who meets every need. I want to declare his promises. I don't want to look at my reality. I want our convictions to be who he really is, not just how we feel. But I want us to actually be people who pray in faith. We don't just pray for the sake of praying or say nice things, but we really, really pray. We say, Do you know what? I'm standing before God, and every time I pray, there's a chance that God might answer because he loves to answer, he wants us to be bold in our prayers and our faith. Why? Because he's attracted to that kind of faith. Like if the, if, we, if we, I want, I firmly believe he wants to prayer prayers that are going to change the world. That if he answers, they'll change the world. Not just my life and make my life, better, but they'll change the world. That they'll shake things up in a way that's so significant. But I also think that God's revealing things to us, or he has revealed things to us, that he just wants us to keep. On the journey. To not give up and not to become tired or weary. Don't become like Zechariah. Who was faithful but not faith filled. Don't drift through life showing up in church or serving in church. Or even being leaders in church. If that is something that God does for you. But then lose that edge that makes you. Because it's easy for us to just drift through life. The Bible's full of characters who've done the same thing. There was loads of people who've made excuses, but then for every one of those who drifted through life, there's a David or an Esther who were just, it wasn't just about being youth and naive, but actually there was a youthfulness, Caleb. He was an old one who had the faith to say, do you know what, I've got a faith that says I'm not done yet. And I firmly believe that as we journey through this church together and this new season of life for all of us, that God has got a plan for you, life." He has a reality ahead of you that only he could come up with, but it takes us to just say, Do you know what, God, I am going to choose to speak life into faith, to believe even when it doesn't make sense, to keep journeying towards it even though it doesn't make sense, and where there's doubt and us, I'm just going to insulate myself from that and say, Do you know what, God, I'm coming to you. I'm going to encourage myself in you, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm just going to keep speaking faith faith and faith. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, i believe it happens on Tuesday. And if it doesn't happen Tuesday, i believe it's going to happen on Wednesday. And if it doesn't happen on Wednesday, and so on and so forth. Why? Because I firmly believe that God is building this church and that he's got a plan for your life. Why? Because His word tells me so. It's what he said. And the worship team can come up and I just want to pray for it. Because I firmly believe that God laid this in my heart to share. And I just want us to pray. And I'm going to pray and I'll invite you to stand if you're able and comfortable. And if you're online, you can do the same thing as well. And all I want you to do is, if you just want to have a little bit more faith, you just need God and his Holy Spirit to come and do CPR on your faith. All I'm going to invite you to do is, I just want you to, if you're comfortable to do so, just like I'm doing, just put your arms out like this. Now, this is not like a, by doing this, it's not like, oh, it's a superconductor for the Holy Spirit. But it's just an outward expression to say, God, I'm surrendered. God, I need you. But without faith, like I I want to live a life that pleases you. I want to live a life where actually it's dictated by faith and not how I feel or what I see. I want to see with spiritual eyes, not earthly eyes. And so I'm just going to work. But Father God, I thank you for every person here and those watching online. Father God, I pray now that you just help us do some CPR on our faith, resurrect some dreams and visions and promises in us. Father God, help us with our convictions to who you are and what you see, not how we feel or what we see or what others might put on us. But Father God, help us to walk in obedience to what you call us to in order that you'll get the glory but that lives can be added to your king. father god we thank you that you have a plan for our life father god we thank you that you ordered our steps that you go before us that you are with us And father god i just pray for every heart here for every mind father god that i just in the name of jesus over father god i pray that even now father god as we leave this place that you'll just reveal things to our hearts and Father God help us to just for people who felt like they've given up Father God I speak to them right now Father God, and I just pray over them Father God that they just keep the faith to keep on walking, to keep on worshipping to keep on serving but to keep on holding on to the promises that you've made for them Father God I just ask you that to make us more Father to, to prepare the way of you Father God Father God help us to just live every single day always believing, always hoping, always serving, but always full of faith. Glory in Jesus'